It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. It's today, Jared. Problem. Great. Absolutely great. Look, hey, we're going to put a show on for you here. We got stuff to talk about. Why don't we go ahead and get started? It's your need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, Cubs get the dub at home 11 3 over the Pirates yesterday. Jameson Tyon gets the win, number two for him on the season. Uh, that's over his former team. He goes six innings, three earned, four strikeouts. Happ and Morrell both homered. And two for four nights for Tachman, Magrugal, and Barnharts. Happ ends up going four RBIs, three runs on a one for two nights. It's the most runs they put up in almost a month. The bats have been a little quiet lately. And they've had double digits put up on them. So it was good to see. Uh, game tonight as Drew Smiley takes the mound. Cubs have lost four of his last five starts. Weird stat. No team has a higher batting average on Wednesdays this season than the Pittsburgh Pirates. And somehow, they're still 5-5. Five and five. I, I, It was a new feature on the search thing. I was looking up Wednesdays, and they gave me that, and I thought that was weird. Uh, by the way, Cubs are just three and six on Wednesdays. One and three at home. Uh, Sox lose their third straight, five to one. They're out in LA taking on the Dodgers. Lance Lim, two homers out of his six hits, five runs, four earned, six strikeouts. Vaughn, two for four, and Grandal gets the RBI. That's what you got. They're going to run it back with Clevenger tonight. Good luck with that. Am I being hard on him? Because I feel like he started off bad and then he kind of turned it around for a hot second. And then it kind of went south again on him, right? Am I uh, am I going crazy? No, he started out hot. He started out 2-0, was doing great, and then at the end of May, it started to creep up a little bit on the ERA. He lost his last start out against the Yankees. Five and two-thirds. Gave up a couple of homers, just two strikeouts. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Look, they're going to take on Kershaw. This is not good news for the White Sox facing Kershaw tonight. Usually, remember, they used to be the darlings against lefties. I got some stats. We'll throw it out here in a little bit. Aviators are going to come up short against the Paints last night, 10-6 at Loeb. Chillicothe put up runs in the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 8th, and ninth innings. Aviators combined for 15 walks. 
Ooh, we pitching staff's got to get that under control. They walked 15 last night. James Jett went yard. They're going to run it back tonight against the Chillicothe Paints, 7 p.m. at Loeb. Purdue football got its first commit in the class of 2025. You know, kids just could start their junior years here. Uh, Keelan Abrams, three-star from DeSoto, Texas, is on board. He was at Purdue's camp last Friday. That wasn't the only news they got yesterday. They flipped wide-out portal transfer Jaden Dixon-Veal. They stopped him from going to Oregon State. He's from the College of San Mateo in California. He's got two years of eligibility left, according to Golden Black. Uh, He visited Purdue unofficially last weekend and then decided he was going to go to Oregon State. Perhaps he just wasn't paying attention. He checked the wrong box on a form. I don't know. But this is nice because uh, they just lost a a wide receiver in a similar fashion. Corey Gamage was going to come. He was in the directory. All the, like, it it was there. Then just went quiet, didn't show up. And then all of a sudden he was at UCF. So it's. Portal's wild, man. Portal's wild. Big Ten has announced the 2023 conference slate for Purdue volleyball. Uh, The squad has seven non conference home matches. Fans will have 17 opportunities now to watch Purdue in action in Holloway. Uh, they'll begin Big Ten play out at Maryland on Friday, the 22nd of September. The first home match for the conference is September the 29th, of Friday night versus Nebraska. Women's basketball is filling out some uh, staff roles. Amy Anthrop will come over from softball to be the new director of ops for Katie Gerald's squad. Cass Calloway in charge of uh, strength and conditioning. And Abby Downard is a ground assistant. Uh, and that was all announced today by the team on their social media. And interesting enough, per football, pro football talk, a source tells them that the NFL is aware of a player who lost $8 million gambling last year. They did not specify who the player was or if they bet on the NFL. If they bet on the NFL and they play in the NFL and they somehow lost 8 mil, like, bro, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's something. There you go. That is need-to-know news. All right. Uh, interesting night last night as uh, I believe I gave out Toronto and they got pounded. All oh, did they get pounded. But I told you about lefties against tie-ins, and Sawinski was, what, one or two of them in the... Because Reynolds is a switch hitter. I don't think they had another lefty in last night. Anyway, he blasted two against uh, tie-in. Told you about that. We said lefties against um, Lance Lynn for the Dodgers. Peralta hit a homer. We named him. Um, what Muncie didn't play, and then... Um, Freddie Freeman did not hit, which was surprising. And I think we floated out to Vegas, closing it out, but I didn't like minus 235. Well, I left money on the table, not taking the puck line there. Dude, that is crazy. Did you see some of these injuries that dudes are dealing with? Like, Eichel has a torn oblique, and he still played. Uh, Kachuk finally sat. He was playing with a broken sternum in Game 4. And sat for game five. That's insane. Hockey players are tough dudes, man. Tough dudes. All right. 
Uh, we're going to get back at it tonight. We want to try to uh, make some things happen. You know, my friends at DraftKings have got some great uh, things going on uh, with their two-run early lead win promo, the No Sweat and uh, No Sweat MLB Wednesday. They also got a hole-in-one super boost for you for the, um, the U.S. Open. You can get a plus 300 odd surge on anybody to win that. I try to ch- uh, make the cut profit boost. Wow, I can't use that on anybody. Anyway, so like... I saw the 300 odd surge, and I just kind of wanted to see where our buddy Adam Shank was. And uh, he's down there. I'd expect him to be like a top 10 favorite or anything like that, but holy smokes. 251 to win, 40 to 1 to place top 5, 14 to 1 to place in the top 10. He's got a matchup, too. That he was like at even money against, I don't even know who this guy was. Are they still offering it? Oh, uh, against uh, Chris Kirk. I don't know who the heck that is. Anyway, I also tried to find him on uh, DraftKings to, to make the cut. And they weren't offering it. This was, yes, he's not offered on to make the cut. Come on, man. They're scared of that Adam Shank action. I don't know. So what do we want to do tonight? All right, uh, we do want to take advantage of this White Sox game tonight. Clayton Kershaw, over seven and a half strikeouts. I'm going to go with uh, my play there for tonight. And the reasoning behind this is pretty darn simple. The White Sox are not hitting left-hitting pitching right now. And you're a plus money at the seven and a half on Kershaw, by the way. So the White Sox as a team against left-handed pitching, 41.9% K rate over the last seven days, and a 36.9% K rate in the last 14. Both easily the worst in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, the 40-some-odd, per- that's insane. 41.9, you're almost 42% of your at-bats against lefties. Strikeouts in the last week. Bodes well for us. Also, Clayton Kershaw, when we're talking about eight strikeouts, is that the norm for him? Uh, let me go ahead and run down the previous games. Nine against Cincinnati, nine against New York. Six against Tampa, six against the uh, Cardinals, seven against Minnesota, eight against Milwaukee, seven against San Diego. So he's definitely capable of getting up to uh, that eight mark there, or at least very darn close. We're talking about this kind of whiff rate. Uh, I don't, uh, you got to be on it. So that's going to be my play tonight. We're over seven and a half. On strikeouts for Clayton Kershaw. Let's see if the White Sox continue to be unimpressive. They were unimpressive last night. Can you just turn around and do it again? Kershaw has like a decent... He doesn't have any a lot of recent play against these White Sox. But I looked it up, and he's like 3-1 and one all time. And the one time that he did not get the W was like back when he was a rookie. 
But as for this like current lineup, I mean, they don't. He don't play him too much. He's got a two nine five ERA. He's very good. You know that though. He's absolutely dominating left-handers too. They're only hitting one seventy eight against him. His ERA at home is one point four five with a WHIP of point seven one. His K through nine or K per nine at home is twelve and a half. Mighty impressive. Now, you're not going to see much left-handed hitting tonight out of the White Sox, which is a little bit of a bummer, but still, right, he's still only hitting 233 against him. And he struck out, what, 85 of 255 right-handed batters? So, yeah, all, all of that, that leads me to believe that we're going to have a good night on that. I mean, he's... Striking, what, one out of every three right-handed batters? That's a decent pace for us. And I'm sure it's even better at home. I can't break it down by right-handed batters at Dodger Stadium. But he's doing good. So that's the play tonight. We'll take him in the plus money. Clayton Kershaw to get at least eight strikeouts tonight. That's how we're rolling. I don't have a ton of time to get into things today, but that was the only thing that really stood out. Uh, Otani's doing really good against left-handers. He's going up against Haney tonight, especially left-handed fastballs. Haney throws a fastball almost 60% of the time, and he's sitting 358 and slugging 627. So over one and a half bases on Shohei is probably something that you want to check out. And yeah, man, I mean, come on. No more uh, no more basketball, no more hockey. We're into baseball. And that's what we got. I didn't get any good hitters. I mean, look, I might it might be time to go back to that Texas Rangers well of like Seeger and Simeon. Seeger's got a left hander tonight. He's three fifty three against left handers. Over one and a half bases, maybe a play. I'm a, I, no, that's a hit runs and RBIs. I'll take Seager on a hits runs and RBIs over one and a half tonight too. Throw me in on that. That's a like a last second pickup, but I'm I'm go there. So love Kershaw. Um, straight up games tonight. I, I'm not sensing a whole lot of upsets. I mean, heck, some of these games are already fired off here. Um, Blue Jays and Orioles is like, uh, that's a coin flip. Same thing with Mets and Yankees again. Uh, You can take advantage of Austin Gomber all you want tonight if you want to get in on the Red Sox. That dude's going to give up some deep balls. And I believe the wind's blowing out over the monster tonight. But they were expecting some rain, so, you know, watch out. I don't know what the Pirates line. I don't even know if the Pirates have set a starter tonight. I can't give you anything to Cubs. I don't know who's going to start, but. If it's the Cubs we're talking about, I feel like they win tonight and then they somehow lose tomorrow while going for the sweep. That's been their M.O. They said Rangers tonight against Reed Detmers, yes. Astros against the Nationals, more than likely, although 245 is too high for a price in that matchup. Reds in Kansas City? 
That's too tight to call. She's the unders only seven in Miami and Seattle tonight. Yeah, there might be a lot of defense played in that one. That's a good pitching matchup right there. Arizona's going to be a big favorite tonight. I think Arizona's got some good value here. They're only minus 134. I don't like Ranger Suarez that much. And Merrill Kelly's been pretty darn solid for them. And I like the Dodgers tonight because, you know, we told you about Kershaw. Look, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back. Hey, I got plenty more Hammer Down show for you. Stick around. It's coming up next. Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Just Lights. So always reach out on the Hammerhead text line at 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Always love hearing from you guys. A good day yesterday for Purdue football as uh, they signed two. They get, they get two, including the first of the class of 2025, which is, I you know, said uh, previously that I'm excited to see what that class ends up looking like. Because, you know, this is a staff that sh- you know showed up. Walter starts in December. He's building this thing all the way through, like, March. They get in the spring ball. They're focused on the portal, but also, you know, they're trying to catch up on what they need for this class. This one will be interesting. It's really the next class, the 2026, that I, you know, once you've had the full year to settle in and to start doing the homework and everything, that's going to be the class that I feel like really can define the coaching staff. But this thing's off to a good start. Uh, they get their first one here from Keelan Abrams. He's a defensive end. He's a junior going into the season here, DeSoto High School in DeSoto, Texas. 6'1", 205 as a sophomore. Um, I watched a lot of the highlights here, and yeah. A kid looks like he spends a lot of time in the backfield. Now, of course, you know when you're watching the, the highlight reel, you're going to get that kind of stuff. But the things that impress me when I watch him is, he seems to have good vision here. Um, you know, one play where they try to run the the jet sweep fake. He reads it the entire way. You know, RPO read it the entire way, diagnosed it, and then got got after the quarterback rather quickly. At times, he seems like he can be really explosive. I like some of the field level stuff because I get a much better sense of, you know, what size guy is blocking him. And he had a, a couple here where, like, that dude looks almost twice his size. And he's fighting through. He's knocking the ball down. He's into the backfield. He's got a, you know, good little swim move. I think that you give him another year or two to start putting on the, the muscle size. And he could be dangerous. Now, you know, it's going to say three-star, sophomore. Can the kid even drive yet? I don't know if the kid can even drive yet. So, uh, you know, I, when you watch the stuff, you you have to realize there's still development to go, but you're still looking for some of those core competencies in some of these. You know, how is the vision? He seems like he's got great motor, too. Doesn't seem to give up on plays. Doesn't try to do too much. Is doing his job. 
but at times it seems like his first move is enough. And this is Texas football, too, you know? It's not... It's not soft. It's not for the faint of heart. And as a sophomore, he's being pretty darn disruptive for being a sophomore at that level. So I was pretty impressed by it. I'm not saying this is going to be like a, a huge deal. Two more years to develop. But I like the foundation that I saw out of you know what he's at. And already at 200 pounds, I mean... You hope maybe he can grow a couple of more inches and put a little bit more size on the frame. But if he's got that good little swim move that he uses and he's got the motor, yeah, that could be a nice little piece there. And It's also very early on. I'm going to, because of the way the portal is, because of the way the game is kind of now in recruiting, To commit at this point, I'm not saying it's a wrong decision or anything. I'm just saying this. I feel like a lot of these classes are going to change so much. So I'm trying not to get too married to anybody that I that I see here. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm just a little bit because I don't want to get disappointed. I'm not saying something's going to happen. I'm just saying I've been watching the new reality where you could essentially think you have a kid on campus it's in the directory and everything, and nobody can seem to find him or get a hold of him. And turns out he's on another college campus hundreds of miles away. I mean, stuff happens. So until that letter of intent is signed, and even now, how many times? We, we've seen it a few times, right? Players asking for their outright release for whatever reason. <laughs> until, until I see him on a Saturday with the helmet on, I, I, you know, I take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But I watch the highlights. You know, I watch what he's got on his uh, huddle. And, yeah, I mean, it looks good. I'll be excited to see how he continues to develop. Well, what he says, uh, 80 to sophomore season, 80-plus tackles, 15 for a loss, 12-and-a-half sacks. First team all district in a state championship. And you can tell which games are the state championships because they're in Arlington. He did some damage there, man. And as a sophomore, you got to respect that. But anytime you're down there recruiting, I mean, that's a good talent pool to pull from. Like there. Florida. It's like going into Western Pennsylvania and finding a quarterback. <laughs> you know, there, there's just hotbeds of talent in certain states. But yeah, he looked, he looked strong. I, I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do in the next two years. He continues to fill out the frame and everything too. Good for him. Good for him. Um, as for the other guy here, Jalen Dixon Veal, I mean, you needed something. You, you, you needed something in the wide receiver room. You thought you had a guy. And he took off. He ghosted you. And 
Stuff's going to happen. Decides to come here over places like, um, what, uh, Illinois, I think. Obviously, he said he was going to commit to Oregon State. Decides not to do that. I don't know why he flipped. I don't know what the deal is. Six foot, 185. Looks a little twitchy. Seems like he can run the patterns. You like that. Has some good speed to him. Most of the highlights that you're getting in his package here are you know, practice routes, and I mean, he seems to pretty consistently do a decent job of getting defenders, um, you know, loose. So you get a lot of drone shots, a lot of this practice footage, but at least gives you a taste. I'm sure the, the, the staff has seen more. It looks solid. I don't know, I can only... I can only judge by what he put on huddle today when I saw it. And those were my thoughts. Hey, look, you know, run the route tree. That's good. Thought he made some defenders look silly at times. I recall one pass, too, where I thought he had to get, you know, back across himself and outside of his body. And uh, that was really good. But a lot of times in the video, I, I wrote down here, he seems remarkably well open on most of these things, like really, really open. So uh, I'm hoping that's a result of the moves that he's putting on guys and um, not just that those guys in the practice are are not tremendous corners. But obviously the staff sees something in them. Hey, I'm on board. I'm on board. Phil uh, texting in here on the Hammerhead Hotline. How many players enter the portal are still looking for a spot? Purdue players... And all players. Man, that's a great question. I'll see if I can track down an answer for you. Former Purdue player. I mean, I'm sure there's a handful of former Purdue players that are still looking for places. You know, we talk about the portal and not everybody's able to find a spot. And there are going to be a lot of guys that, you know, end up, for lack of a better term, you know, teamless. You know, there is always going to be more guys in the portal than there are spots for those players. It just, it happens like that all the time. That is the dangers of going in there. But as of what's active right now, I don't know. I might be able to find that number. I don't know if I can find specifically uh, former Purdue guys, but I can tell you it's probably higher than you want it to be, Phil, if you're rooting for the kids. It's probably higher than you want it to be. It's a cautionary tale. It truly is. We're going to take another break. Hang tight. We're going to come right back. I got more Hammer Down Show for you next time. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. How about this for some news today? It sounds like that uh, officials for Purdue and Indiana are down in Indianapolis. IUPUI is it's we're we're not we're not buddies anymore. Apparently we're, there's gonna be some kind of divorce here. I don't know how it all shakes out, but I guess buy your IEPUI vintage stuff while you still can. 
That's supposed to be happening today. I'll tell you what, the basketball team needs a rebound badly. Oh, the IUPUI basketball team needs a rebrand so badly. I mean, <laughs> when you're holding open tryouts in the middle of a season, like they did uh, not this year, but the year before that, not a good sign. When's the last time, I mean, they haven't even won double-digit games since 2018. They haven't had a winning record since 2010-2011 when they went 19-14. and But hey, we'll always have 2003, Ron Hunter, kicking and screaming on the court when they uh, won that uh, mid-con title and went to the big show. We'll always have that. But boy, yeah, they have, they have stunk out loud. 7-25 and 25 in 1920. Eight and ten in twenty twenty one, three and twenty six in twenty one twenty two, and five and twenty seven this year. Lord, yeah, they need a whole new rebate. Go get your stuff while you still can, so you can relive the glory days. All right, uh, I was a big fan today too. Uh, you know, there there were some little odds and ends produced stuff today, including. Um, you know, women's basketball, filling out that staff. Amy Anthrop and the director of ops role. You'll love to see that. So what she slides over, because she was doing the same thing for, uh, uh, for softball. So it's nice to see her move over. Um, uh, that's just tremendous. You know how much I love... That, uh, how much I love that uh, squad. That women's squad is just primed to make runs. So that was good on her. You, you love to see that. Uh, also, you know, with uh, Dave Shondell getting that full schedule for volleyball, you know, they're not going to have it says here in the release there's no public sale this year. Season tickets will not go on sale for the general public. Fans can join the volleyball season ticket wait list. Information on single game tickets along with TV schedule announced at a later time. You want to talk about a wagon? That's exactly what Dave Shondell and company are going to be this year. I'm so excited for them. Um, 17 opportunities. And when you hear about the ticket sales and all that, and then you remember when we had Coach Shondell on the show, oh boy, a few weeks ago, and he talked about his desire to maybe turn one of those games into a game over at Mackey. You can see why. I don't know what game you would do that for if you could do that. 
Do you try to make that the Indiana game if you can? I mean, it, part of it depends on the basketball schedule, too, I guess. And I don't know what else you have to do. I don't know if you have to clear this stuff ahead of time, how far ahead of time, the Big Ten. I have no idea. But, yeah, I much wouldn't mind doing that for the Indiana game. Which would be October the 18th. So I was hoping for, like, an overlap there, too. For, like, having a home game. For football. Because, you know, Ohio State weekend's the 14th. And I like the, I, I like it when we have those opportunities to do the, um, you know, you do the the home and home, so you do the football game like in the you know early afternoon volleyball in the evening or vice versa. I don't know if we have any opportunities to do that this year. Just looking at it here, Iowa on the seventh. Uh, we'll see per, football's at Iowa. Which is the bummer there? I'm said Nebraska, but that's a that's a Friday night game. Uh, Minnesota's on the what the 26, but that's not a Saturday game. See Penn State on the fifth. See that's a Friday, so you don't get the uh, or that's a Sunday, so you don't get the Saturday. There's usually one that overlaps, isn't there? Almost all the time. Not going to have one this year, it looks like. Dang. I enjoy those. I think that's great, especially for people coming back, and you already have that great uh, squad here. Now, maybe something overlaps with basketball. I don't know. We had one of those this year, too, right? I think we had a great volleyball game and a women's basketball because I had to do, I, I did the PA for the women's basketball. Of course we did. So maybe there's one of those, though, but uh, no overlap with football this year. That's a little bit of a bummer. All right, hey, look, we're going to take our final time out. We'll come back. Things we missed, including a Colts player who... Torn ACL at practice. Oh, boy. Yikes, I'll tell you who that is and the things we missed and more next. This is the Hammer Down Show. And we're back here on the Hammer Down Show. 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 The Hammer.com. Let's, let's do it here. Let's go with your uh, you know, things we may have missed today. Uh, kind of big news out of OTAs. According to Adam Scheffner... On the very last play of OTAs last week, Daniel Scott tore his ACL out for the season. So if you're wondering who he is or uh, you don't remember exactly, he was a fifth-round pick out of Cal. Defensive back, probably safety. Ran a 4-4-5-40 at the combine and recorded a 39.5-inch vertical that led all safeties, and led all safeties with a 6.753 cone and 4.17 short shuttle. A lot of speed. He was known as a character guy, team captain. Also played 661 special team snaps in college. Ugh. Not great news. Never want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. But if there's an area that uh, the Colts wanted to strengthen a bit, it was definitely in the secondary. 
And then uh, losing what Rogers with the uh, with the gambling. Now you take this hit here too. It's not great. It's not great at all. So uh, a little bit of a bummer. Um, next, I I need to know. We talked about this earlier. I am trying to figure this out. Who? What NFL player blew $8 million gambling? It better not have been on the NFL. If you're playing in the NFL and you somehow lose $8 million making hundreds of bets on the NFL, I I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. That's messed up. Here's the thing that you may not know about the NFL gambling policy. So get this. NFL players are allowed to gamble on non-NFL events. You're not allowed to gamble the team facility on any event. But you also specifically cannot discuss this, the NFL. But you know who's not? Players can do this. But for some reason, uh, coaches and team personnel are not allowed to gamble at all. How? How is that? That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, does it? And there's an argument to be made, too, that, you know, you get a lot of young guys with a lot of money that um, maybe don't appreciate their time that they have to earn that kind of money, can be very reckless with it. Uh, If you've never seen the 30 for 30 uh, broke, on uh, the NFL players that have gone through their money and stuff and how they managed to do that. You know, the NFL also has a symposium for every rookie that comes through. You attend that, and you know they talk to you about financial planners and who is certified, who's gone through the NFL's vetting process for this kind of stuff and what to avoid. And then they bring in the guys, the horror stories, to try to scare you a little bit and to make sure you don't fall into the same pitfalls. And Not everybody pays attention, I guess. $8 million. Good Lord, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. should not be doing that. But Lord knows what he's betting. I don't know if it's sports betting, goes out to Vegas, plays high limit, pie gal, I mean, I don't know. But that's a shame, man. To go through all of that to earn that much money and to burn that? Gee whiz, man. That's tough. That's tough. And uh, thoughts and prayers to the city of Miami, who did its best Philadelphia impersonation over the last two days. Lost not one, but two sports championships in less than 24 hours. Heat. Panthers, I know the Panthers aren't technically, technically Miami, but it's kind of Miami. South Florida taking the L's, man. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. That's about all I got, man. I'll tell you what, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a Wednesday. That'll do it for us here. Uh, we're going to be back again tomorrow. 
3 o'clock. Hopefully we've got a few uh, other things to talk about here. I'm sure we're getting into this season here with uh, football and commitments. You never know when the portal is going to pop off. But also now that the staff is getting you know all these kids in the camps and stuff, they get the experience. Staff gets a run through things. Offers go out, and a lot of people want to want to jump in here. So let's see if uh, there's anybody. See if there's anybody else that uh, wants to get reeled in here. All right, we'll talk with that. We'll start to take a look at the weekend as well, and hopefully. Uh, we'll have some good Adam Shank news to talk about, right? U.S. Open tomorrow. I've seen some of these fairways where you drop. Have you seen the viral videos? Like, they're just dropping on one side of the fairway. The hill's so, and the grass is so short. and sl- Boom, it's on the other side of the fairway and into the rough. I saw the rough by 12 where they're just dropping the balls in normally, and then they completely disappear. That's going to be something, man. Accuracy, big. Hopefully, you can, let's shock the world. Let's go. We'd love to see him in the U.S. Open. I mean, top 10, though, again, would be fantastic. Let's make the cut first. So we'll catch up with him and all that stuff tomorrow uh, when we get back to the Hammer Down show. Back here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. I will see you back here tomorrow at 3.